Mic check, one, two. Tom, use your word. Hey, you. That's original freedom. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again on the Original Freedom Podcast. I'm Nate Horgan here with Tom Spooner, founder, uh, co-founder of Original Freedom. Uh, Scott is still out in California for a little bit, uh, so we are back east uh, recording again and picking up kind of where we left off last week. Uh, you know, we took you through um, the concept of loyalty and having an order of loyalty and what that is and asking yourself those questions Um, and if you, if you're catching, uh, if you're coming in right now and haven't watched that, I suggest go back and watching it because this is really a part two to that that discussion. So, um, but taking it from there, you know, we had talked about, uh, you know, finding out who you are and what you stand for and, and kind of living your life that way. And, you know, coming up with that order of loyalty and there was kind of something bringing it back to the first responder and, uh, and, and veteran, um, and law enforcement, you know, audience, you know, kind of bringing that back where, you know, there's another piece to that. Um, you know, th- you kind of talk about there's a there's a stateside um, order of loyalty, and then there's right. uh, um, abroad combat. You know, if it's if it's law enforcement out in the field, that kind of thing too. Um, so let's pick it up from there and and continue on in some of the how it kind of gets a little more complex <laughs> yeah it does it well ha- and again it goes back to everything that we talk about is like how do we take complex issues and make them simple as we can um and um and talking about that piece you know and when we talk about loyalty uh you know to us uh it's super important like loyalty is not a word um it's a way of life uh, and everybody screws it up, you know what I mean? Like I, I've made huge mistakes about that, but I mean, I, I, at least I had a standard to come back to to realize I was making a mistake, you know, but that whole aspect of like, hey, loyalty is a way of life, you know, to the best of our ability, uh, that that's how we try to move through life. And, um, and it's a good way uh, to live, you know, uh, in my personal opinion. And, um, but what we were talking about is like, hey, develop, and I'll just use myself as an example is, uh, is like, hey, stateside, you know, order of loyalty, you know, is, uh, hey, my family, you know, is number one. You know what I mean? It has to come up. And that's how I, decisions that I make in my life and how I move through life, hey, that's, you know what I mean? It's like that supports it. But what happens uh, when I deployed, uh, you know, because it's like, hey, Tom, you know, you just said that your family is the number one thing in your life. Hey, why would you risk your life? You know what I mean? Like, hey, you're contradicting yourself there. But again, that's why everything that we do, it comes back to that thine own self be true. You know, it's like, uh, because in my world, in my understanding of things, the best thing that I could do for my family and protect them and show them that I loved them was, you know, I mean, to address problems that we were having overseas so that we wouldn't have them here at home. Mm -hmm. So that was just how I made it uh, congruent for myself. You know what I mean? Like being able to do that. So whenever I would go overseas, you know, that loyalty chain had to stay here. That order of loyalty had to stay right here. Uh, Because if I'm with my teammate and we're getting ready to go through a door uh, where there's a machine gun and there's a guy shooting it and one of us is about to get shot. If I'm if I'm holding on to my order of loyalty stateside over there, then then my decision making process would be that, hey, uh. I don't want to die uh, because my family needs me. So Nate, you go ahead and go in there and, uh, and you die. Well, that makes me a coward, (laughs) you know, over, over there. 
And so it was super important mindset wise is that, hey, whenever I went overseas, my loyalty changed, you know, and that that was to my teammates and to the Americans that I was involved with and then to the innocent folks, you know, in that country, you know, that I, I went through that loyalty exercise again and, and made, so it was very clear in my mind so I could have pre-made decisions. And uh, so it was super important for me to do that. And then whenever I came back home, you know, it was like, okay, that, you know, that one stayed where it was. And then now I'm back to, you know, being there for my family and everything. That's how I made it made sense for me. And then if you look at law enforcement and, uh, and, and all, basically all first responders nowadays, uh, you know, that are in, they're in danger. You know, every morning when they leave the house, you know, uh, they pretty, not pretty much, uh, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're leaving, you know what I mean? Their home <laughs> loyalties at home. And as soon as they get into that car or get onto that vehicle or get into wherever they're working, they're having to assume like, Hey, okay, now I got to do what's best for the team, you know? And, uh, so it could be confusing if you don't know who you are and what you stand for and what your order of loyalty is and, and where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, something that obviously like a, a higher cut of person is able to do. I mean, as far as being able to make that separation, uh, put one away and pick one back up and, and to, to go through that and, and do it multiple times. I mean, obviously people that, you know, like yourself, um, you know, going on multiple tours, you know, multiple times in combat, like having to do that, pick it up and, and, and change that out, um, is definitely not something that, um, I would think, you know, your average person would be able to do. So, I mean, that's definitely something that those in the law enforcement community, um, the veteran community, first responder, that's, that's a reason why, you know, a lot of us like myself call them heroes, you know? Right. So, um, that's no small task, I'm sure. Oh yeah, man. And the thing is, is you would think that over time, um, well, it would get easier to do, but it's the opposite occurs. It gets harder. Because the more times I was in combat, the more I was well aware of like, it could be me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So some of the hardest times in my life was giving myself over, you know, putting all that I love in life, you know what I mean? My true stateside chain, you know what I mean? Like the true ones on the top of that, you know, putting those to the side, you know what I mean? And by choice, you know, and willingly doing that. You know, it was, that's some of the hardest things because, hey, and every time it got, it got even harder because I knew the consequences, you know what I mean? You do the job long enough, you know, a lot of times it turns into a numbers game, right. you know what I mean? It's like, hey, the longer I put myself at risk, the more potential I have of that happening. So it's, it's kind of a reverse thing that, you you know, one would think that, well, I just get de- desensitized to it, mm. you know what I mean? And it's like, hey, yeah, it's what we do. Not for me, like for some, maybe, maybe that, that is the case that happened, but not for me. Each time it was a conscious and for me, prayerful, you know what I mean? Decision of like, Hey, fucking focus, <laughs> you know, where am I at? What am I doing? Like get on board, know who, you know what I mean? All that stuff in place because it was required. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, it's, that's why we just, you know, a go above and beyond of taking care of those that take care of us. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't we, yeah, you know? Definitely. And so this again, coming all back to 
uh, kind of the origin of this discussion was about, you know, the things that you and Scott really would set you guys apart from other people that would train law enforcement, obviously on the hands-on, the technical, tactical things, but also the things taking care of and looking inward and making sure, um, you know, that you're thinking about those things. But, you know, before, like you talked about, uh, and even last episode, pre-made decisions. So um, with that being the case, you know, going from, you know, your, your, your order of loyalty, your multiple orders of loyalty, um, depending on, you know, where you're at or what day it is, um, you know, what were some of the ways, like, what, what did you see as far as like, what would a consequence be of if someone was not, if, if they didn't have that order, right. Um, or on a certain day, like those orders were reversed or, you know, if, if a guy like you had said in, in a scenario was coming through the door and he had, he didn't have it in line as far as what were some of those, what's the consequence of that happening for in that line of work? Yeah. And like we had talked about in the last episode, it's uh, that's why we use the first responder and the combat scenarios as a, as a point of reference is because of the consequence, mm-hmm. you know, and that consequence it being death. Yeah. You know, sure. And swift and immediate, you know, I mean, and tragic, you know I mean? Like, Hey, without a doubt, that's what's going to happen. And, and it goes back to the whole kind of concept of why we take the time and go through all of these different things because it tees up the subject of, uh, of like me knowing that there's things in life that are worse than death, you know? And so it's like, Hey, really, what does, what does that mean? And we talked a little bit about it before. It's like, uh, what that means is, is that, Hey, I know that, uh, in those moments and I'm speaking like personal experience, you know, in certain scenarios where it's like, Hey, somebody's getting ready to die. Uh, hundred percent, like it's happening and everything inside of me being a human, uh, or just being me anyway, is like, Hey man, I don't want to die. You know, I mean, I do not want, you know, I'm thinking about my wife, my kids, like everything, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, the natural response is like, hey, to take the easier, softer kind of way, hey, let somebody else do it and stuff. But what I know is, is that if I was to let someone do that, you know, I mean, and then they died, that's not something that I could live with. Uh, because what that made me at the time was a coward. And uh, that's a big, strong word. Uh, because it's appropriate. And then uh, it's really strong, you know what I mean, in the, in the first responder military community, again, because of the consequence level, you know, is sure and swift. But when we really looked at it and it's like, hey, why do we, why is that such a big deal? You know what I mean? Like you had said, it doesn't matter if you're first responder, if you're just, uh, you know, a pure civilian, you know, not in those professions. It's like, yeah, somebody calls you a coward, like, hey, you're about to fight, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a big deal. Because when someone displays, you know, what cowardice is, is just, it's the ultimate act of selfishness and self-centeredness. And that is me and you sitting there and saying like, hey, I'm not going through the door uh, because I am so overwhelmed and so concerned about how I think and feel about this situation um, that I that, that I'm now going to allow you to die. It's just the ultimate act of selfishness. And that, and with that being the ultimate act of selfishness, it's saying another thing too. And is that is saying that I have zero love for you. I have zero love for your family. 
have zero love for your friends, have zero love for anything that is about to, the ripple effect that has occurred whenever you go and die. You know I mean, so that is why there's this ginormous allergic reaction to, you know what I mean, cowardice. But there's, you know what I mean, and uh, a lot of those guys, you, some of them that you read about, you know, uh, they drink themselves to death. You know what I mean? They, they, they shoot themselves. They do, you know what I mean? There's, there's things, certain things in life, and everyone is different. You know what I mean? And that's why, again, while we come back to these kind of exercises and these kind of things, like, hey, man, you know, because me and you are completely different. There's obviously a lot of things that we're really aligned on. That's why we work together. You know what I mean? And our families hang together and everything. But it's, uh, you know, that's why it's so important that I know that. Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of hitting on that even further as far as, you know, how would that be rolled out? I know we've kind of talked off camera a little bit about it, but as far as like, you know, when you would take um, cops and, and, and others through this process, um, this training or, or, or lecture even, um, getting to that point of things being worse than death, uh, mm -hmm. things in life being worse than death, um, what was kind of the reaction to that? How was it kind of articulated that it really hit home? Yeah, because, uh, again, just having teach having taught not teach it did to having teach it did you know haven't haven't taught for as long as that i have as uh you know, could really read everybody's faces you know and a lot of folks really get uncomfortable um you know where it's like man you know either i haven't thought about these things or now that i'm thinking about these things i'm recollecting on times when i wish i'd have done things differently and i have those times too you know and uh lucky for me they weren't catastrophic you know what I mean? And uh, so I was able to live through them, learn from it, and then not ever do it again, <laughs> you know, kind of deal. Yeah. And I think, I think that that's hugely relatable to, you know, those that don't have that kind of dangerous experience right, you know right. I mean? uh, in the face of death type of experience. Um, because I think that's, there's a lot of ways that people could, it's just a different way of looking at things. And I, I like yeah. the way that it's put too of like, there are things in life worse than death like as yeah. far as like in life there's not it's not put there are things worse than death it's like worse there are things that you will live with that are worse than exactly. simply not being here exactly and uh and i think there's like i think it always comes back to me thinking about relationships as far as looking back on how we treat people if it's business deals if it's um family if it's we said something that, that you know what i mean like as far as like looking back and 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 feeling torn up about or uh, I don't want to immediately go to regret, uh, yeah. but also like there's just things that we've ways in which we've handled ourselves, um, behaved in the past, that kind of thing that I think we can all look back and relate about that. Like that digs at me every day or, oh, yeah. or even worse, keeps me up at night or, you know, and that the, the key would just be, um, you know, I think in this type of conversation would be like to think about how to correct that behavior yeah man because it like you said other than the big like hey life or death piece it's like the internal you know to a degree life and death you know and that is where hey i let the people that i love down you know what i mean like i would i disappointed the, the d word right you know what i mean it was like hey man i'm you know i'm disappointed in what you're doing like and you mentioned it what made me think of that you know is when you said regret because you know there's very few things in life 
for me that are worse than freaking regret, which creates shame, guilt, remorse, which, you know, is just all horrible. <laughs> you know, it's uh because that's the last thing again, understanding myself, like you can beat me, you can punch me, hell, do whatever you want to me. But like, if you tell me I let you down, you know what I mean? And, and I, and you're someone that I give a shit about, you know, the, of not letting down, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, you, you kind of let me down with that, man. I mean, that's like a stake in my soul, you know, it's uh, so that's like we said, just relating. I mean, we're using the big life and death kind of thing, but bringing it down into everyday life. Cause again, I'm not deploying anymore. So yeah. it, but it's still the same kind of way of living because of those reasons that we're talking about now, it's like, I don't want to disappoint, you know what I mean? And the last thing I want to do is let my team down. And I think that rounds it out too, of like, of talking about knowing what's truly important to you, knowing what you're, what you want to aspire to be loyal to, or that you're actually loyal to. And you can stop letting those people or institutions or groups or whatever down by knowing that now I can, I can focus and this is my number one. Like nothing touches this. Yeah. This is where I'm at or where everything is aspired to and where I'm trying to provide for or whatever. Um, and that by knowing that helps you avoid those types of scenarios too, where you don't have to deal with that kind of letdown. Uh, yeah, man. And areas. then in that same vein, it gives me the ability to, uh, like, let's say there's, this is my normal day, is that, let's say there's 10 things on my list that they have to get done today. Like, hey, man, like, I make the list. It's like, man, these 10 things have to get done. Yeah, I'm only getting five of them done just because I know the normal, I mean, on a good day. So I immediately have to prioritize that. It's like, again, and it goes to my order of loyalty, whether it's an institution or an individual, it's like, Okay, let's say I only get through five. Like, I I have to triage and prioritize that list, you know what I mean, from the most important all the way down to the least important in case I do have one of those days, which with me and the TBI, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's kind of regular at times. It's like, okay, well, if I only make it to number five, you know, then, okay, I can can live with that as long as I know. Because there's some days, I don't know about you, but with me where it's like, Hey, I've given it a hundred percent, given it my all, and I've fallen way short of the mark. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, wow, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> you know, but I have again back to being able to live within my own skin. At the end of the day, it's like, well, I can fall back on at least I took care of the no kidding. You know what I mean? The top three things. You know what I mean? That I no kidding had to have done. You yeah. know, and so this tool, you know, is just so good. So yeah. you know, to use in everyday life. Yeah. So, and at this point, you know, you guys taking them through all of these things, you know, looking inward and, and, and finding out where, you know, that loyalty lies. What, what is the, how did you leave them? Yeah. And you know, the deal, man, it, it, how you tie everything together is with a story, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Say, so, Hey, let's story time. So, you know, there's, there is a story that encompasses a real life story that encompasses uh, everything that we talked about, you know, and then some, and, uh, and the story, I'll tell the story. And, uh, the story is about, uh, Willie Lubers and Larry Boyvin, uh, uh, Willie, you know, distinguished special forces are a major, you know what I mean? Uh, legendary guy and friend, you know, uh, he was out at Bobby's dove hunting, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, one time and, uh, and a close friend to a lot of our close friends. And then, uh, Larry Boyvin, you know, worked with him for years. Uh, you know, he was in the first battle of Fallujah. 
I was wounded and uh, got several awards. You know, just again, stand up men. Uh, you know, I think they uh, uh, between 25 and 30 years of service. You know, family. I mean, just predictable, professional loyalty as a way of life. You know, I mean, not surprised. Well, uh, the story. You know, they had, they had gotten out of the military, retired old guys. You know, now and and Larry uh, Willie had just not pretty recently had gotten out, and they went to a back in 2012. And they went to a, they have a big parade in Midland, Texas. Uh, and, and they had, uh, and I'll do the shorter version of the story and I'll mess some of the story up, but I'll get to the meat of it is, um, is, you know, they were on this, they were on this float. So they take them, they put all these veterans and, uh, and their wives, uh, you know, on these floats and a lot of them are injured. A lot of the veterans that are on there, Willie and, uh, Larry were both physically capable men, you know, but they had guys in wheelchairs in there and, you know, canes. And so they had these flatbed semi trucks, uh, set up and they had chairs like, you know, uh, secured down to them so they could sit there and drive through town, everybody cheering, you know, wonderful parade. Uh, well, as it turned out is, uh, they ended up, the, the parade got jammed up on a railroad track and, uh, and then next thing you know, you know, a, a tragedy occurred and uh, the train came through there. And so uh, from the time that the train came around the corner, uh, I'm not sure exactly how much time they had, but I want to say it was around 10 seconds or between 10 and 20 seconds uh, that they had before the imp from the time they saw that the train was coming uh, and then the impact that it that happened. Um, so what did those two guys do? Um, uh, during that time. The interesting thing about this story, uh, real life story, is that um, it was an intersection of both of their loyalties. You know, I mean, their order of loyalties was on that train, which was soldiers that they had taken care of for their whole careers and their wives, you know, were on this train. So the train imminently is coming. Um, and so what do they do is, uh, well, first, you know, they throw their wives off the train. You know, not off the train. They throw their wives off of the flatbed, you know what I mean? So it won't get hit by the train. And then they have a decision to make, right? Because they, uh, well, they could have easily jumped off of that train. They've got their wives safe. Uh, but it's like, hey, they could jumped off with their wives and been safe, you know, and lived, you know, happily ever after. But again, they knew everything that we had talked about. They had already lived it. And they knew that there's things in life worse than death. So once they got their stateside loyalties off of the off of the flatbed then they moved to their deployed ones you know so the last five to seven seconds of their lives uh they were throwing you know veterans off of that train until the impact you know hit them and killed them and uh you know i mean so from start to finish these were two men that lived you know what i mean that way of life and it didn't surprise anyone Right. Because it was predictable because, of course, they stayed on that train and threw them off. How could, you know, I mean, they wouldn't have done anything different. They were true to themselves, you know, all the way to the end. So that's how we would tie up, you know, with that story, which is hugely tragic. Um, but at the end, you know, here's two men that live their life fully, you know, to the end by their own means within their own loyalties, you know. And so what we'd always end these kind of talks with is like, uh, is like, hey, what's next? Like, uh, well, what's next is, is we would always say is like, hey, man, be a fucking hero, you know? 
be that guy for your family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For your community. Like, don't just sit around and be mediocre. Um, not saying you have to tump, j- jump tall buildings in a single bound, but hey, show up and deliver. Know who you are, what you stand for, and who you're loyal to, and uh, and live in that manner. Making mistakes along the way, but hey, you know, you hear people say like, hey, don't want to be a hero. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> like, hey man, we need them. Your family needs them. Like, there's no one else coming. Like, hey, you're their hero. Like, step up. You know, stand and deliver, which is super hard to do, but way worth it, you know. And that's why we have all these living examples in our lives of, like, who we aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what we try to do. Yeah. And I think that's it's – you can correct me if I'm wrong, too, but the things that – you know, that ability to stand up, um, to be above that, that – you know, to be above mediocrity, to be a hero um, – I think it's easy for us to say that, you know, those two guys were absolutely that and that there's a lot of other people out there, you know, that, that can live up to that, that have that service mindset. Uh, and what I would add is that those types of things are not limited to those people. No. Any of us can aspire to the, that level of, of service to others and, and being a hero to others. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, with that, there's not much to say after that. I'll leave all you guys with it. And, uh, you know, definitely, you know, not one of our longest episodes, but damn near one of our most impactful, um, you know, if you heard it. So thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Nate. I'm Tom. Look forward to, uh, you know, seeing you guys here in the in the future as well. Thanks, everybody.